you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. My name is Doug Parker. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. A request for this week's show is a review of Royal Caribbean's Ovation of the Seas. Debbie and her family are sailing the ship this summer in Alaska. So I have Dwayne on the line. Dwayne actually sailed the very last sailing of Ovation of the Seas in Alaska last summer. But the ports, the itinerary, the ship still remains the same. Nothing much has really changed. So we have Dwayne on the line. How you doing, man? Hey, doing really good. So uh, give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this very last cruise of the Alaska season? Yeah, really, it wasn't because it was the last one. It just uh, price point worked for us. Uh, We've been all over the Caribbean. We've talked to a lot of people. We have a lot of family who've been to Alaska, and it was, you got to go. You got to do it. We saw the videos, and and we had an opportunity, and, and so we jumped at it. You made your way from Oklahoma City, where you live, up to Seattle. Did you do any pre-cruise time in Seattle? We did. We went a day early. Uh, we're kind of cautious and uh, don't want to try to fly out the same day as the cruise. So we did go a day early, flew into Seattle, and got there fairly early. Uh, did the Pike Place Market thing, walked around the downtown area, and then uh, turned in early because we'd been up since like 2 or 3 in the morning just to catch our flight out. So you went to board Ovation of the Seas the next day. How was the embarkation process? It was pretty painless. Uh, we went, we got there early and embarkation probably took from curb to ship about an hour. But uh, a lot of that was our own doing because we just got there so early. But uh, we went in, sat down, visited with some people. And uh, before we knew it, it was time to board the ship. And from curb to ship, about how long did it take? It was about an hour. Okay. And then you boarded Ovation of the Seas. What were your first impressions? Well, very clean and shiny. Uh, We had been on the Allure a year before, and it was very similar. You kind of come in on deck four, uh, like walking into a new mall. You know, everything is squeaky clean. The staff is there. They're super friendly. And uh, the first thing I noticed when I walked onto deck four is that this was a different crowd than a Caribbean cruise. A little older. It's just a few children. Uh, just a different vibe. Yeah, that's one thing about the Alaska cruises is you're not going to have a ton of kids, especially on the very end because they're back in school at the end of the uh, Alaska season. So you uh, you lucked out there. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? Well, we booked an interior stateroom. Uh, it was had the virtual balcony. Uh, the stateroom was okay. It was uh, roomy. I liked the layout. It had plenty of outlets. Uh, we had like two USB, and I think we had three or four just regular 110 outlets. Uh, the virtual balcony was kind of cool. We kind of got used to that, and uh, it was it was good enough. It was a good room. Did you find that um, it was like well-appointed as far as space for this seven-night cruise? Yeah, it did. It, I've been on several cruises, and I thought this room was just a little bit bigger than any other interior cabin I've been on. Okay, very nice. So let's talk about the food on this seven-night Alaska cruise. And we'll start in the – now, I'm trying to think because I've been on this class of ship before, but I and I feel like there's like multiple main dining rooms. Is that correct? Yes, there is. Uh, I know there's two or three, at least two, Silk and, and Chic. Yeah, and then isn't there like a, a American diner or something like right, that? Right, yeah. American. That's right. Okay, and then how does – like did you have any time or a set dining? Uh, we originally had, uh, any time, but we went to a set dining. We ended up with a late seating, uh, in the, in the chic dining room. Okay. Very nice. Now, how was your, like the food and the service throughout your, your cruise? 
the service on any cruise I've been on has always been outstanding, and, and this was no exception. The uh, service was great. The food is just uh, in the main dining room is just it's just okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't do any we didn't do any specialty dining on this cruise. However, I'm very well known for ordering a filet mignon from the chops menu so they can bring it to my table uh, uh, instead of ordering off the regular menu. Do you ever sail Carnival by chance? Absolutely. Okay. I'm curious what you think about the food between Carnival and Royal Caribbean. I know food is very like subjective. What are your What are your thoughts? Like, who do you think scores better with their food? Wow, what a great question. I would have to give the edge to Carnival. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Not, but not a big edge. I mean, it could go either way. But if I had to, if I had to make a choice, it would be Carnival. In my humble opinion, I feel like Carnival is very consistent from ship to ship. You know what you're going to get and what it's going to taste like. And Royal Caribbean kind of varies a little bit, can be hit or miss, but that's just my opinion. So we'll talk about the Windjammer Marketplace. How was that? It was uh, very popular. Uh, It was okay. You know, it uh, had the breakfast stuff. It was we, we ate there several times uh, just during the day if we'd get hungry and eat a snack or, or we'd go there for breakfast. And uh, it was okay. It was just basically basic buffet food. They do have good cookies up there in that bakery. Yes, they do. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> <laughs> did you do any specialty restaurants on this seven-night sailing? You know, we did not. We did walk through Wonderland uh, the day we boarded before anyone else was in there, and it wasn't really open for business. But we did walk through there and take a few pictures because it's – it's, it's quite something to see. Outside of the Windjammer Marketplace in the main dining room, did you hit anything like pizza or any of the food around the ship outside of the those two venues? You know, I, I think maybe we went to the Promenade Cafe, maybe to get like a light pastry or something like that. And I bought the coffee card, so I was always down there on deck for, uh, you know, getting my specialty coffees. The coffee card, did you pay like a flat rate for the whole cruise? I did. I think it was... 30 bucks for 15 coffees. Okay. And do they have a Starbucks on there? I did not see a Starbucks on this ship. There was one on the Allure, but I don't remember seeing one here on the Ovation. Maybe not because it goes over to like uh, Australia and Asia as well. Oh, yes, That could be a a thing there. Um, Very good. Well, how was the entertainment on this seven-night cruise? I have to tell you, I give the edge to Royal Caribbean Entertainment. Their Mm -hmm. entertainment is just fantastic. I'm not much on canned shows. But, of course, I like Broadway shows and things like that. But this show, they had the Pixel show, which was really good. Uh, that was in the 270 Lounge, which is something to see in itself. The performers were well-trained. We enjoyed that. Uh, I don't know if this falls under entertainment, but we did the North Star mm-hmm. also, which is kind of their little viewing pod that uh, goes up above the ship and moves around. Uh, it's free on most days, but if there's a there's a charge – there's an upcharge if you go like uh, maybe if you're in port, something yeah. like that. And if there's something to see, there is a charge for that. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I think if I recall an interview I did a few months ago, he was telling me that like if you're sailing through scenic sites, they may charge like $50 to go up in, in Alaska. Right. I think if we would have got to Endicott Arm that they would probably have charged you extra for that. Yeah. There was also a Chinese magi- magician on board. Her name was Ping Fei, or Fee, F-E-I. Really, really great show. The guy was really good. Uh, Earl Turner, which who they have. I saw him on the Allure, and I wanted to see him again when I found out he was going to be on board. Uh, Silent Disco. 
very funny. I, <laughs> I wish I could do that one again, just to watch people. Uh, you put on headphones, uh-huh. and there's two different channels, so people are listening. Some people had them on different channels, but they're all dancing together. <laughs> so it's pretty, it's pretty funny. It's almost like an angry game of Twister going on out there. <laughs> it was really, it was really something to see. Uh, let me see what else we saw on there. Uh, the iFly skydiving simulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also did that. Enjoyed that. There is no charge for that, so uh, it, it was it was fun. It was great. Uh, wish that could have lasted a little bit longer. Uh, they had a farewell party on the last night. That was very entertaining. Very well done. A lot of music around the ship. They have a music hall on board, which is just strictly for music. Uh, bumper cars. Mm-hmm. We did not do the bumper cars. The lines were just wrapped around the uh, around the deck there to, to do the bumper cars. It looked like it was kind of short because there were so many people. The ride just didn't last that long. But it did look fun, however, the people that were doing it. Uh, and something else I guess they do on Alaska cruises, they had what they call enrichment lectures. So... There was a speaker on board who had been the superintendent of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Training Academy. They call it the depot. And she gave a series of lectures about the Mounties. And it was quite uh, something I'm kind of sciencey, and I like that kind of stuff. And we ended up befriending uh, her name was Louise LaFrance, her and her husband, Mike, who was also a retired Mountie, and kind of hanging out with them all throughout the cruise. Very interesting couple, very interesting lectures. There was also some uh, other lectures that were done by other speakers on maybe salmon, something like that, in the life cycle of a salmon. Maybe boring to other people, but this isn't your hairy chest crowd. This is uh, people who like to hear that sort of thing, I guess. No, I, I, I was fascinated. They did the, um, the life of the salmon. Uh, we had a lecture on our cruise earlier this year in Alaska, and – it's pretty fascinating stuff, man, how those salmon, they, they're they born in a stream, they go out to sea like 3,000 miles, and then they find their way back to the stream they were born in. That's pretty wild. Oh, it's very wild. It was just, it was so entertaining and and to hear hear that story. So yeah. uh, if you like that kind of thing, uh, they had plenty of that going on. I enjoyed that. I, I enjoy that more than I do the, you know, the Caribbean vibe yeah, uh, when you're when you're up in Alaska. Yeah, I mean, you really can't even compare the two. It's like just totally night exactly. and day between the two, Caribbean and Alaska. So how do these ship handle on sea days as far as crowds and congestion? You know, Doug, I don't know if this ship was or was not sold out or anything. I really didn't notice any congestion on sea days, and maybe it's because it was the last cruise of the season. Uh, I didn't notice it. I did notice that, of course, you know, when you're when there was a show that was uh, ending, there would be a crowd there at the exits. And it seemed like there was only two banks of elevators on this ship, forward and aft. And I was always used to a central elevator cruising mainly with Carnival. And I kept looking for that elevator bank. <laughs> it mm-hmm. just wasn't there. So uh, just had elevators kind of forward and aft. And there sometimes those could get crowded and there would be lines for those. But other than that, there really, there really wasn't any congestion on sea days. That aft lounge on – um, the ship. What is? What do they call that? Is it 270? 270? Yeah. Did yeah. you get to eat in that um, that little deli right there by the 270? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sure did. It's a pretty addicting, isn't it? I did eat there it? too. I forgot to mention that we did eat there too. Yeah. That's a. That's an. It reminds me a lot of like maybe like a Panera. Yes. It's so good. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah. Very good. So let's talk about the ports of call. You uh, you started in Seattle and you went to Juneau, Skagway. Um, now, did you actually make it into Indicott Arm or did they actually skip that because of the weather? Yeah, that was canceled due to fog and ice. Okay. Then you went to Victoria and then your cruise ended in Vancouver. So what we'll do here is we'll start at Juneau and give us a highlight from that port and then move to the next one. Okay. We did the Mendenhall Glacier and whale watching photo safari. We booked it through Royal Caribbean. It's the best excursion we have ever been on. Uh, the glacier was okay, but the whale watching was spectacular. Uh, Casey was our guide. She was with Gastineau Guides. She had a degree in photography and had a great love and knowledge of the area. And we spotted, I think, five whales, doll porpoises, and some bald eagles. And we saw so many flukes, and I was taking pictures of the flukes, you can identify the the whale. They had a book on the on the whale watching ship, and you can you can identify the whale with the fluke. It's like a fingerprint. So she would tell us, "Okay, you took a picture of Betsy or whatever the whale's name was, and if you find one that's not in the book, then you get to name it." Awesome. <laughs> so it, it was it was it's the best thing I've ever done. It was fantastic. Being that late in the season, was Juno like overwhelmed with guests and cruise ships? You know, I think there was only one other cruise ship in port that day. It didn't really seem very crowded in port. Hmm. Not at all. Okay. Your next port of call was Skagway. What'd you do there? We did the White Pass Railroad, okay. uh, which I think is probably fantastic, but it was foggy and misty the day we were there, which is kind of you know, normal, they tell me. But we had a great time nonetheless and got a few decent pictures, found a great microbrewery uh, in town. I recommend the sampler. <laughs> <laughs> what, um... Do you remember the microbrewery you went to? What I think it was, it was Skagway Brewery. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it's really, really, a uh, really walkable town there, just outside. Oh, the very pier. much, very much so. Yeah, very a lot nice. of things were closing up because it was the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Maybe some last-minute sidewalk sales or deals to be had because people yeah, are trying to. Yeah, if you were liquidate. a t-shirt person, yeah. that was the place to be. <laughs> Get your five-dollar shirts here. That's uh, right. Your last port of call because you skipped Indicott Arm because of the weather was Victoria. Did you do anything there? We did. Uh, we did that. We toured on our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we basically got off the boat. We walked over to the Empress Hotel. Uh, we got on a bus. We booked our own tour of Bouchard Gardens. Okay. And so we did Bouchard Gardens that day. What did you think of? Uh, I can't even pronounce it. What did you think of it? It is. It's probably a must see uh, to me. I'm not. I mean, I like flowers and plants and things. But one time, if I went back, I would not go back there again. But it mm-hmm. was definitely worth seeing the one time. But seemed to be really super crowded. Yeah. Uh, everyone just not off the ship, but I think other people from other areas come to tour that thing. You make your way back to well, actually, you make yeah, you make your way to Vancouver. This was a kind of a one way Seattle to Vancouver cruise. How was disembarkation? Painless. I'm gonna say from our room to the curb was maybe 20 minutes. I, I'm I'm a noob to international travel, but you basically just walked off the boat. There was no customs or immigration lines. That was all at the airport the next day. So you basically just yeah you rolled off the ship and then it's interesting because I I never understand how that works because if you embark in Vancouver you clear customs before you get on the ship yeah I, I don't then, know I I feel like we missed something <laughs> maybe yeah. we skipped a line somewhere yeah I don't know either it, that's all it's always confusing to me how how that works because I know it's different on one way cruises than it is on a round trip cruise and then it's different as you're coming into Vancouver from another port of call so right and I've we, never done that I've never I've never done a cruise where you end at a different port okay yeah. 
So if, if someone knows the answer to that, shoot me an email, Doug at cruiseradio.net. All right, here. So let's uh, talk about your first time tips. I mean, this was, was this your first time to Alaska? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, first so time. Do you have any first time tips for folks visiting Alaska or sailing on Ovation of the Seas? I do. Uh, as soon as you board, you can book North Star and the iFly skydiving simulator as soon as you board. Wow. Uh, I'd also say if you can book a balcony cabin, it's that's awesome. However, don't be afraid to book an interior cabin. One of the reasons we took the ovation, it has the has the solarium deck that's fully enclosed. So you can stay up there. You've got you're basically in a green uh, greenhouse looking at the beautiful scenery while it's 72 degrees or whatever inside. So it's, it's a great ship to sightsee off of. The smoking situation in and around the casino, how was that on Ovation? You know, I this is the first time I've even thought about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a non-smoker, so, you know, I would I would know that. But I, I, I didn't really didn't go to the casino mm-hmm. other than had to pass through there a couple of times. I didn't notice a smoking uh, issue or, or a smoke smell problem. Does Ovation have uh, one of those robot bartenders? Absolutely. Did, and it's a hoot to watch. <laughs> did you try it out at all? I did not, but we watched several people do it. It was just, and I got some video of it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Looking back on this seven night Alaska cruise, what was the biggest highlight for you? Well, never been to Alaska before. The whale watching was, uh, uh, just the whale watching was a, a big highlight for us. Is Alaska a one and done place for you, or could you see yourself going back there? Oh, I can see myself going back many times if the pocketbook mm-hmm. can afford it. I, I would, I would go back tomorrow. Would would you go back on a cruise, or would you like? Did you did a port, a certain port stick out where you said, "Hey, I could spend some time here"? Oh, no, not really. I mean, I would like to do a a cruise tour, maybe cruise one way from Seattle up to uh, Anchorage, Seward, or wherever, and then do two or three days in Denali, and then fly back out of Anchorage. I'd like to see Ketchikan and Sitka. We didn't hit those ports. Uh, and I would like to see those places. Yeah, Sitka's beautiful. It's it's one of those places that hasn't really been spoiled yet by cruise tourism because you only allow a couple ships there at a time. Like certain days, when I was in Ketchikan in August, there was 23,000 passengers there off like wow. seven different cruise ships. And they were all written on the board, on this big whiteboard, and it showed the passenger oh, yeah. count. And then when we were in Sitka a couple of days later, there was, I think, maybe... 1300 passengers on two different ships because the ships are smaller that go there too so it was like a breath of fresh air after being you know the hustle and bustle of ketchikan a couple days earlier wow so uh yeah i would like to see sitka it's on my list no i definitely want to see more of alaska Mm -hmm. i felt we didn't get to we really only hit two ports for just partial days so i really feel like uh, there's a whole lot more there to experience well, in closing here, what are your final thoughts of Ovation of the Seas? The Ovation is a beautiful modern vessel, and it is the largest one doing Alaska cruises. It has all amenities and entertainment to keep you busy for a week. The pool has a retractable roof, which is kind of cool. But when the weather dictates, uh, you have the solarium, the wind jammer. Those are excellent vantage points to well watch. Uh, you'll have a great time on the Ovation. You said something that stuck out to me. You said the largest ship cruising Alaska is... If you had to do it again, would you cruise on a ship that large or maybe a smaller one? 
I would definitely do a smaller ship. Uh, yeah. The larger ships do have some drawbacks. They can't get into some of these smaller inlets and fjords uh, mm-hmm. that the smaller ships uh, can get into. All right, we've been talking with Dwayne about his seven-night cruise on Royal Caribbean's Ovation of the Seas. Thanks for sharing this review, my friend. Hey, Doug, thank you so much for having me on. So as I always say, if you have a ship you're going to sail on and you want to hear a review, feel free to shoot me an email, doug at cruiseradio.net. Or we'll flip that. If you just got back from a cruise and you'd like to share your experience to help someone, email me as well. Same email address, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Thank you so much for being here. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Take care.